commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright side of the galaxy, I'm Grax Combat, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole net news show for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, here news have been run down for August 1st, 2020. Pillars of Star Wars. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, The Mandalorian was nominated for 15 Emmys. Now, for your host, Ben Grandadam, discuss. Thank you, Grex, and uh, welcome to another edition of Core World News. Um, so, I'm not a big award show guy. Uh, I never keep up with any of this. So, uh, what do you two lovely gentlemen think? I am the a 15 weirdly, Emmys. It sounds like a big number. I don't know. Yeah, I am a I am weirdly a huge uh, award show person, even though I don't really necessarily believe in them. I don't necessarily believe in the system surrounding them. But man, am I a sucker for watching people give a speech and like it's like to me, it's like sports. Like I'll just watch yeah. it and I like the Oscars, my favorite thing in the world, because nine times out of ten, I just get angry and throw something at the television. And then once a year, like this year where Parasite won, I'm like, yay, people are listening. But um, this actually kind of surprised me. I, I, you know, I knew the Emmy nominations were coming, but because of the world we live in, I wasn't really paying it. I don't have it as clocked like the Oscar noms. I tend to actually know what day that is and wake up and see what's nominated to get angry. But um <laughs> But this year, I just wasn't paying attention. And even though if I knew it was coming, my mind did not connect to Star Wars even being having a possibility of being nominated. I've been so used to the Academy Awards mm-hmm. where I'm like, sure, yeah. it would have been nominated for like special effects and stuff like that. Right. But like best drama is pretty huge, right? Like it's not going to win, nor should it win because it's up against Watchmen. So I'm in this weird space this year that if like the Mandalorian beats Watchmen, there's no justice in this world, even though I love the Mandalorian. Um, yeah. I was shocked by it. I'm excited for all these nominations. I'm especially excited for the the wide recognition of the volume and the special effects and the new yeah. industry technology that the show is bringing into the you know production you know in in, in as a whole. And I feel like all over the world, people are going to start using the volume and using this you know the intersection of game engine technology and filmmaking technology to create these wonderful elaborate sets that are in the studio in you know an indoor. Play, uh, set instead of on location. I feel like you're going to see period movies against volumes. I feel like you're going to see movies of all genre shot on volumes. Uh, the, their own different studios are going to put up their own versions of it. I feel like this tech is going to be widely used now that it's getting this recognition. So that's like that's why I'm really excited for that award. And I hope I hope that does happen. I hope that that tech uh, becomes more widely available for other you know productions. But uh, that's cool. I'm excited to see Taike got nominated for his voice. Yeah. His voiceover work, which is, yeah. which I thought was phenomenal, and really the droid is a lot of the spirit and heart of that show. You, a lot of that's the sympathetic kind of like heartfelt moments came from IG Eleven. Yep. Who else? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito got nominated for Moth playing uh, Moth wow. Gideon, and he also got nominated twice because he's also nominated for his role as um, on Better Call Saul. <laughs> so oh, he got wow. he got double noms. Putting in some work there. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most talented actors working, right? Like, he is yeah. so much fun to watch, this guy. Can I also read you a nomination that they are 100% going to win because it doesn't seem like a very fairly fairly stacked category? It's Outstanding Cinematography for a Single Camera Series Half Hour. So they're up against comedy shows, right? Like, yeah. the fact that Mandalorian is a half an hour. Just puts it in its own yeah, place. Yeah, it's just funny. 
Yeah, and Greg Fraser is going to win for that, no doubt. Yeah. Um, sound editing, of course. The sound design was incredible in that show. Yep. Um, yeah. Did uh, Ludwig? Ludwig, yep. Uh, outstanding composition for a series, original dramatic score. So he got that. It would be criminal if he didn't win that. Yeah. And then sound mixing, special VFX, everything you can kind of think of there. Um, I think it got it got nominated in pretty much almost every category. Every category. I don't know if it got director, uh, writer, tough, producer. Writer, I don't see any. I don't see yeah. any. Yeah. Which writer? Favreau? Uh, no, it would think... be Favreau. Favre no. Yeah, I don't think it did get nominated for writer. I or think it's because they had too many directors. You can't just sort of pick yeah. one. Because it did get a single, and I thought it did get nominated for cinematography, outstanding production design, guest actor, yeah. The other thing that kind of slipped under the radar is that um, Star Wars Resistance got nominated for Best Children's Program. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Resistance got a little bit of love, which is nice. Cool. And then if we're going to round out like awards and stuff like that, the other thing that happened this week is that uh, Spurrier got and Dr. Afra got a GLAD award for their comic series run on Dr. Afra. As Spurrier should, because that run was <laughs> incredible. Those last few comics, when you're reintroduced to Afra's parents, were some of the most just striking and impactful, uh, you know, works of comic book art and writing I've seen in a very yeah. long time. Uh, beautifully developed parents for Afra, too. It wasn't like they just came on the scene and they were kind of hollow. It, it, it was really wonderful flashbacks to her childhood. And Spurrier just nailed it. It was, I actually, you know, I bagged and boarded those issues. <laughs> they're, they're among my favorite that I have. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's. I'm um, so happy to hear that it does fit that so well. So, so Mandalorian's going up uh, against a uh, you know a few titans in the outstanding drama category. It's going up against Better Call Saul, The Crown, Killing Eve, Ozark, Stranger wow. Things, Succession, uh, The Handmaid's Tale, and I think that's it. Did I mention Ozark? Ozark's on. You did. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of nominees. But that's a tough field, man. I, I've watched most yeah. of those and, and loved a lot of them. I would uh, put them as uh, Mandalorian as a dark horse at yeah. best that, but um, was, you never know. Was Watchmen not nominated? Is that next year? Is that why it's not nominated? Yeah, is it? Hap- is this, I don't know, because it should be nominated this year. Maybe this was last year. Hold up. Um. Something like that would be the story. But maybe it is. Watchmen should win everything because that was. Yeah, exactly. Story. Like, I can't. Like that that show is like the the perfect show of all time. Well, we figured it out. Watchmen is nominated for limited series because it hasn't been officially renewed for a second season. Well, actually, it's more that yes, HBO would 100% renew for a second season, but you know, Lindelof is pretty adamant that it's a one and done thing. Yeah. So that was I, throwing me that was throwing us for a loop. So. Yeah, I was like that. How is that not the <laughs> biggest news in the world? And I, I forgot that yeah. the Emmys have. 87,000 categories <laughs> unlike the Oscars so right. I'm happy and now I can root for both both Watchmen and Mandalorian so I'm going to start rooting for Mandalorian online yeah hopefully I mean they deserve everything they get and more it's just uh, I mean it's an honor to even be in the conversation for what they're doing they're you know this is a, the first Star Wars you know live action and it's great that they got as much recognition um, and- as they did it seemed like it was a surprise too. It seemed it was a surprise to a lot of people, not just just yeah. even Star Wars was not expecting to have to write this, you know, this news release. So they're very, very happy, and it's 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 really cool. It it just shows, you know, that they are 
kind of having a renewed life in television, which is yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah, and there are there. I mean, there's a good amount of Disney Plus rumors we'll get into next week, but uh, I'm excited to talk about what's on the horizon. Do you think ever think like I, I we were all pumped for the Mandalorian? Like we started talking about it when they would pretty close to when we first started the, the the podcast. But I don't think I ever would have imagined having sitting here watched the first season, loved it as much as I loved it, and then start talking about it being nominated for best drama and an Emmy. I just don't think that I don't think my mind ever comprehended that as a possibility. Absolutely, that's absolutely true. I mean, I had high hopes for the Mandalorian, but I didn't think anyone else would like it. I thought it would just be a sort of a niche thing for. Yeah. Um, for Star Wars nerds, but it, I, I mean, I never could have forecasted the broad meme popularity of you know the child and um, and and how it just permeated pop culture um, and was just so rock solid. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's it's perplexing given it's a show about a man in a mask and it's getting nominated for outstanding drama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you can't yeah. see the man's face. Uh, I keep, I feel like we keep I feel like we were doing this before we started taping and I keep I don't know if it's sleep deprivation, but I keep, you know, there's a natural end and I jump back in. You know why this is nominated? Because Hollywood loves Hollywood. And this show is very much a love letter to Hollywood, like because hmm. it, 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 it references oh. so many old Hollywood movies and tropes. Okay. and ideas. It's super fresh. And I don't feel it's like something like The Artist, which is like self flatulating or not you know but uh, anyway uh that is like you know self-aggrandizing i feel like yeah, this is yeah. going away but i can see that all the people who are nominating it loving it because it's just saying look it's referencing our hit the history of our industry yeah i was thinking are you saying, are you just, saying hollywood self-congratulatory yeah i was gonna say something <laughs> much worse than that but we'll go with that <laughs> yeah it does feel like those kind of old westerns those the the serial matinees you know show yeah. western shows once upon a time in hollywood was just like come on yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, which is a fine movie. I actually love that movie. I don't hate that movie. I'll say that. I have. I've liked it more and more as I've watched it over time. Like as I, I watch that movie, it brings me back to that kind of like warm, sun baked glow of California, and just the. I, I I think it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, I have to rewatch it. All right. Well, good. How about we move on into the uh, comics and start getting into some actual Star Wars content? Sound good? Sure. Sounds great. Let's do it. Common Crystal Comics Corner. All right. It's been a minute. We're finally back at Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Uh, comics are starting Ooh. to slowly drip back out into the world. I'm very excited. It's It's been, I've been, I read through the uh, Spider-Man clone saga. That's how desperate I was for <laughs> comics over the past two months. Um, but I, uh, we got two this week, uh, one from last week and one from this week. So we have Dr. Afra. Uh, number two and Darth Vader number three. So we'll go through those and uh, let's start with Dr. Afra. Uh, for in Fortune and Fate Part Two Haunted by Wong, Cresta, Rosenberg, Cara Magna, and Reminar. Uh, here's my little synopsis Afra's sap- slapdash group of bounty hunters, ex professors, fortune hunters, and droids raid the tombs of the lost city of Valet in search of its mysterious and some say cursed rings. They're greeted by horrors, possibly real, possibly imagined, possibly explained by science. Very well put, Adam. Thank you. I write well at 3 a.m. with no <laughs> this, uh, this episode reminded me of a lot of different genres at the same time. I loved it. There was massive synergy here with a high republic. We've got mm-hmm. one of the uh, nerdy scientist uh, sycophant uh, Afra cast-offs um, that adores uh, the high republic so i love that they're they're already going to do some synergy there um and i hope we actually find something that gives us a little information on it um rather than just like broad 
um, text, but um, I don't know. A lot of fun. Yeah. I got a, I got a real Scooby Doo vibe about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This this yeah. this this um, they've they've gone a little light, more lighthearted. I feel like with this with this version of the uh, Doctor Afro comic, and I think it works. I think yeah, we're gonna have Darth Vader, as we'll talk about, is very very dark. Bounty Hunters isn't necessarily dark, but it's full of like '90s testosterone, and like um. <laughs> And Star Wars is is feeling a bit angsty and not in a bad way in the series. Granted, we're only a couple issues in, so I think they kind of took the Doctor Aphra as like let's let's lighten it up a little bit and have some fun, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's swashbuckling and adventurous, yes. but it's also like this romantic. There's really these wonderful, heartfelt relationships. There's flashbacks to a past relationship with this Eustacia Oka character and Afra, yep. which I love. I love their characters. I love learning about the universities. There's, I know Afra went to the Shadow University, and I guess she went to the University of Barleth. And mm-hmm. you're, you're learning more about these, in, these institutions out there in the galaxy, which is really, really cool. And, I, and yeah, and, and, and talking about the synergy, I think Oka was doing her dissertation on the, the lost legends of the High Republic or yeah. something like that. And it's a name drop, and just it's totally fitting in with the, the publishing initiative to to launch the high republic series of books so that's really cool to see that carry over into the comics uh, right. i gotta say doom and oh I'm, I'm sorry oka and afro remind me of like doom and richards a little bit mm, for marvel yeah. comics but i'd have to say they're both doom essentially I yeah wouldn't, i wouldn't say either of them are richards but um uh it just it reminded me a little bit of that relationship yep uh even eustacia's color scheme with the green and all i was like oh this kind of reminds me of doom Oh, totally uh, just being the, an ex being an ex professor yep. yeah yeah all that being stuff. you know rivals one being <laughs> exactly uh, you know expelled from university <laughs> yeah. like dark arts getting involved yeah yep. it's very i never i never would put that together but it's a totally real it's a right. parallel i saw right away i love it um obviously the lost city of of vale or do you say valet or do you say vale what do you what do you I guys say valet but i think me too i say i say valet too e at the end so it'd be yeah, valet valet yeah, yeah. Yeah, velocity. You, but you know, don't ballet. trust me. I always go with the what I consider the least easy, most awkward, usually more humorous pronunciation of anything I can. So, you know, see moment. You mean mom? Seal bibble. Seal bibble. Um, That's uh, just right. I I do feel like this comic is is doing something that I think will have major implications for Star Wars going forward, which I think it's doing also what I think the High Republic books will be that will be doing is this kind of what I've called is kind of the the Arthurial Arthurianization of Star Wars, almost like making space fantasy into high fantasy, bringing in Lord of the Rings elements, these these rings of power and these these MacGuffins, essentially like I, I and these I guess these ancient trinkets. Right. Yeah. It, it feels like it's bringing in, it's like almost D&Difying Star Wars in an interesting way, which I'm I'm into. I just I've always loved Star Wars because it was an avenue separate from high fantasy. And now that they're kind of melding it together. I'm interested to see what that what what's in store well, for us. Yeah, I'm with you, and I don't mind if you keep it into you know similar to what some of the cartoons are doing, but like that's what the High Republic should be, right? Let that be your high fantasy wing of the Star Wars literature and comics, and like I will read that and I'll love it, and then keep the movies a little more space opery, right? Like a little yeah. just just separate. Like I think I, I you know I'm I'm really 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 looking forward to the High Republic because it's going to be something different, right? But we're still going to see like are the elements that we're used to just in a new kind of fun combination. You know, I was just thinking they might've actually separated the various media according to time, like times, like they could actually do a thing where they have the books follow, uh, 
ancient history. They can have the features doing sequel, like brand new frontier stuff with like the Ryan Johnson trilogy and whatever, like actually do our sequel trilogy that we wanted to do. And then they could have the, um, for a while anyways, have the uh, live action TV be sort of these parallel stories in the, um, you know, in the Skywalker saga. Right. Sort and of not step on each other's toes too much and, and do different things. But it, it's, it, I don't know. It, no, but you're, you're right. We don't know what features are doing yet, but it feels no. like they're going that way. But you're right. All the TV shows that we've seen that are coming out so far that I've talked about, right, which are, which we have Mandalorian, we're going to have the Obi-Wan, we're going to have the Cassian Andor. They're right. all within. Might have a Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano. They're all within 10 years of each other, kind of, right? Like, they're all kind mm-hmm. of, they're they're during the Rebellion era. As much as it's the, as much as the Mandalorian is post-Rebellion, it's yeah. really not, right? It's it's still, it's we still have stormtroopers running around. There's still remnants of the, of the you know, it's, we're still at that after phase that's going to be probably decades before it becomes the New Republic. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just yeah, a interesting. random observation, but... You never know how this is going to turn out. The features are obviously the big question mark. I, I wonder if people are tracking down these rings during the time of the High Republic series. I have the same thought. I think it's. I think. I think we're going to see these <laughs> pop up in some manner in in the uh, books series. Yeah, that would be a massive synergy. These it? rings have these interesting powers. The the sapphire ring, the blue ring, has a, a it gives the the wearer eternal life, but they eventually succumb to madness, which I thought was interesting. Yep. Right, they're then, symbiotic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Crimson Ring uh, gives someone gives the wearer in, incredible fortune, but hastens their demise. Yeah. Or so, that. guys, I've watched a lot of Twilight Zone episodes. This is a trap. That's not going to go well. Whoever gets those two rings, it's going to be it's going to be basically them picking out the wrong uh, picking out the wrong uh, cup of the chalice uh, of Christ, and in, in, uh, <laughs> one of them gets vaporized. Yeah, yeah it's going to be like you have eternal life. I, it's in pain. Well, they already teased that right in this episode. They were like, do you think those are the, the architects that like yeah. have eternal life, but they're trapped here in the walls? Uh-huh. The wonderful thing about that's Afra. That's the kind of dark the, sci-fi I love. The wonderful thing about Afra that differentiates her from Indiana Jones is that she gets to exploit a lot of the mystic artifacts that she comes yes. across. <laughs> and it's always an incredible time. Like it is so much fun that they she do doesn't that. have tra- you mean she doesn't have traumatic brain injury and forgets oh no she is, things every oh, yeah. every time she yeah. starts a new adventure i mean yeah she's 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 she, gotten wounded in the past but it's like it's i can i can see her putting on both these rings and kind of going haywire in, in some episode oh, later on. And some, some issue oh, i mean of course oh, she, she the artifact. guys i can read the between the lines to serve man Right, you, you put on the rings, gives you eternal life because you turn into a brick of gold, which is also gr- great fortune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't get more fortunate than that. I feel like like Afra has some 007 energy to her. It's just like, yeah, I'm on this mission, but it's like, I don't know. There's this swag to it. Like, I'm gonna do it my own way, and I don't follow rules. And I'm gonna, you know, she granted her missions are not very virtuous, but um. No, you know, but it, it sometimes starts that way. And and but she's I don't know. She seems pretty confident these days. She does. But that comes before a fall. So we'll see. Yeah, right. Totally. Oh, that's right. They're her inevitable falls. Um, do we want to go on to the old Darth Vader episode? Here? Let's do it. Yeah. So we just read Darth Vader. Number three, Dark Heart of the Sith. Part three by Greg Pak. 
uh, Raphael Ayanko uh, is the artist. Naraj Menon is the colorist. VC's Joe Karamaga is the letterer. And this was a super fun issue. We were <laughs> we were left with this cliffhanger just before I, you know, the country went into the, into the pits and and we're all stuck at home. And so now we finally got this third issue out. And it was it was it gave me everything I was you know hoping for. So I, I, here's the little summary. Uh, Sabe leads Vader and Z67 to the Nibiri Lake Retreat on Naboo, promising the, sec- the security recordings of Padme's rec- apartment will soon be in their position. Upon arriving at the abandoned lake house, they're ambushed by Padme's old guard, Tonra and Typho, who are re- revealed to be both with Sabe and safeguarding the recordings. Seeming to trust this band of Amidala, Amidala loyalists, Vader rides with them to a underwater Gungan structure, only to discover all is not what it seems. Wow. Nice. Thorough. I like it. There is a uh, lot to dive in in this episode. <laughs> this issue, and I don't know where to start. Um, how about, uh, I got a good place to start. How about the Sando, uh, uh, Sando Aqua Monster? Yeah, that is a very good place to start. <laughs> we yeah, get to see one, one of those again. Creature drop, yeah. I mean, this this episode was just a juxtaposition of Darth Vader's super evilness in his like max evil over the like innocence, this like reflection of the innocence of Anakin Skywalker um, that we all know by rote because we've seen, you know, Attack of the Clones a million times. It's like right over Attack of the Clones and and it's just tugging on his dark heartstrings. And, and frankly, I don't think they can do that too much. I, I love it. I yeah. love seeing, you know, the fact that he landed in the field where he had a picnic with Padme, but it's like Vader's like just like death black presence. silhouette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Hanging over it. And he's like literally just thinking about that. And, you know, and he I almost wish it was everything. overcast and Naboo was desaturated. Ooh, yeah. Like, because I really wanted it to almost be gray. Like everything felt dour. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that I too. almost wanted it all to be dour. And then I was kind of like, but I kind of love seeing Vader just walking through this paradise, right? And not yeah, being able to feel it awesome. or yeah. take it in at all because, like, he literally can't feel the breeze, ocean breeze on, on his skin. He can't see how beautiful it looks because it's all just red, Sith red, right? Like, it's yeah. just, like, this amazing, like, it gave me this moment where I almost had a moment of sympathy when it just shows him walking, literally the first page, like, walking in a field and looking through, like, this, like, butterfly. And then I threw this moment of, like, yeah, but he can't experience any of that. Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't mean anything to him. Um, and I love the fact they are going through his flashbacks, thinking about what's going on in his life. But at the same time, he never betrays that externally. And I think yeah. that's the key to doing this. Like, I don't mind angsty Vader. I just don't want him ever like like to me, the moment in at the end of Rich Avenge of the Sith, which I'll give you because, you know, he's just turned into Darth Vader. But he's like, where's Padme? <laughs> Yeah, like that's um, I bump up against that a little bit. I can I can make my brain work past it saying, you know, yes, he's still pretty Anakin. He, you know, hasn't turned in Ben Vader for very long. But like none of that in this, please. Just keep letting him everything happen ex- internally. No one would see it from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I think those flashbacks are key to the logic yeah. behind this story, too, because it feels like Vader is distracted, transfixed about, you know, reliving this trauma of, of his time with Padme and his thoughts about Padme. And he's not really paying attention to the larger plan or the people around him and this trap that he's slowly falling into, which, and so I thought in that way, I thought the flashbacks played a vital role to, to, yes. to allow the logic yeah. of Vader following these people and not just cutting them down. Yeah. There was one crack in the armor. Um, no pun intended, but uh, 
it was when they show him the video that they were, you know, that he was the MacGuffin for this mm-hmm. whole um, episode. And he sees Sabe and he goes, Padme. And they're like, no, that's Sabe, dude. Like, and, you know, like he, he was like so eager to see what he wanted to see. <laughs> yes, right. And he calls her Padme. He doesn't call her, you know, Princess Amidala or, you know, like it's yeah. a little, it's a it's little, a good, it's a good slip. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another thing where they like said, I think they were regaling about what a hero Anakin was. And he just like almost like breaks his lightsaber in half. He's gripping it so hard. But I love the fact that that's like, I think they, in that panel, they show it where it's his hand kind of, no one can see it, right? Like no one can see it doing it. I love, and I love those moments of just like that rage, Mm -hmm. but not betraying it to the external. But yeah, I love the little Padme slip is amazing. Yeah. Um, so does Vader float because of the force or does he just have like extra like or is he like buoyant because of the ox of the oxygen in his system? OK, too he, much science. Sorry, he, gotta... he's fought enough times on Mon Cala that he's now just become an yeah. amphibious. Being. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think that's... it's I think it's I'll say the force is the force. Uh, yeah. is what he can because he's like, I mean, we'll find out more in the next episode because he's got to do some swimming. But so uh, I'm going mean, to break the break the idea that George Lucas had every single step of star Wars planned out from day one, because in the original plans for Darth Vader, when he was talking about him and writing about him between episodes four and five before, before he he knew, or we knew that he was Anakin's father, he was supposed to be an amphibian being. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Like that was originally, that's why he did this. So I I feel like this is a little callback every time you see him swimming around is like that original conceptualization of that's why he was in the lung and that's why he was in this. He's like, he was basically a frog monster. (laughs) I mean, he sort of looks like that in Return of the Jedi when they remove the helmet. He's got like the, it almost looks like he has gills, but I guess it's scars. I mean, it makes sense. You, You mean, you know, there's a respirator involved there for sure, but you don't know what other sort of machinations and what's under the, you know, helmet it could be. It could definitely be, you know, an aquatic sort of atmosphere. I don't know what you call it. Yeah. It's kind of weird that they keep throwing this guy underwater. Like, I I feel like I want to see Vader (laughs) in space at this point. Like, space him. Throw him out there. I want to see how he survives out in space. That would be awesome. That's another dark sci-fi trope that I'm in love with. It's just, like, careening (laughs) through Through space, (laughs) through the void. In the blackness, just alone, I, I almost want to do it. It sounds so terrible. Yeah. Well, I like the idea. Of, like, I love that the idea of ep- end of episode four is he's just like everything's blown up. He's just this TIE fighter floating in space somewhere. And like, yeah. I don't know in the new EU if they've actually explored. Oh, man. That story. But in the old EU, I think he was out there for a little while. Before we, it, we got um, a little bit of it in Shadow Fall. Yeah. Um, with uh yeah she she, i mean she was sort of yeah she was spaced and actually um yurka quell got spaced too for a minute yep Mm -hmm. um they got close i feel like they're they're in space enough where they have a comfort that you know humans don't you know regular earth humans don't yeah you know it's still a scary place but if you're always in space you probably you know, and I think we're going to get a lot of that in High Republic, too. In High Republic, it's still space is still dangerous and they're still like worried about being vaporized in the vacuum. But by, you know, the original trilogy, it's sort of commonplace. You know, they've been doing it for a thousand years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Pretty good. I'm pretty excited about this Pillars episode. You all want to get into that or do you have anything else you want to say about Vader before it? 
Yeah, I was I was thinking we'd spoil what the final thing is, but now I just I think people should go pick up pick this issue up because that final frame of you know what's yeah. co- what's coming to fight Vader is is well worth seeing. So go pick. This I will up. I will I say that this comic has been doing a good job of ending with a cliffhanger that is yeah. that is addressed immediately in the following issue. <laughs> so they do a really good job of of doing it, even though the... I do think this might change our perception of the Phantom Menace for <laughs> ever. Oh yeah. After. yeah, you'll never because... like the Phantom Menace. The same way. <laughs> you'll be like you know that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that thing got taken out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you should read this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the the response of any Star Wars nerd to any comment about anything in a movie is like, oh yeah, that's cool, but you should also read this and that oh, and yeah, read so, that comic. And then, yeah. Final yeah. weird associate. Seven. Uh, actually, he fights that monster, and uh, <laughs> that's how I feel in most conversations yeah. about Star Wars. Yep. But I did feel like there's a little bit of like Godzilla crossover here because they use a yeah, lot of totally. like, audio emitters to. Treat you know, get these kaijus to emerge. Yeah. yeah. I'm down with that. Reverend. That was, I will that was happily watch Vader fight a kaiju any day. Yeah. yeah indeed. Well, great work. Why don't we, uh, why don't we move along now? Nice. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a great adventure took place. Welcome to Pillars of Star Wars Mentors. Uh, we are going to be talking about mentors today, so this is really exciting. We've been we've been talking about this on text and in Discord for for quite a bit now, and it's been so much fun to just look at all the mentors across all the films and really dissect their teaching styles, their character, you know, the character traits, and just how the relationship panned out and the arcs of these mentor mentee relationships. So let's just start with like a just a broad definition of mentor i think we all know what a mentor is but just you know for everyone out there a mentor serves as the guide for the hero or main character in a story oftentimes giving them advice tools tactics uh to use later in the story they don't always survive or carry on with the hero as the hero needs to self-actualize on their own sometimes the advice helps the hero unlock their potential help save the world uh they can even be a surrogate these mentors can be surrogate parents at times they can trigger the inciting incident or call to adventure much like uh, with Obi-Wan and Luke and how Obi-Wan enlists, enlists Luke to come with him to Alderaan, sort of sending them off on their adventure. And uh, the mentor plays a pivotal role in the story, in storytelling and in the hero's journey. And it's pivotal in Star Wars. Teaching and mentorship is a, a pillar of Star Wars, and it's in most all the films, even if it's not a forced relationship between a Jedi Master and a Padawan. There are wonderful relationships like you see with not wonderful, but they're interesting mentor-mentee relationships that you see with non-force users all over the all over the films and ancillary shows and things like that. But um, and just quickly, mentor comes from uh, the Odyssey. The first mentor we really know is in, is is uh, mentioned in the Odyssey. It's the, his name is even mentor. He's the mentor of Telemachus in the Odyssey. Uh, Telemachus mm-hmm. is the son of Odysseus. That's kind of where the word comes from. Uh, obviously, Merlin with Arthur, uh, Galadriel with. Uh, the Hobbits in Lord of the Rings. You have um, Uncle Gandalf. Ben, Spider-Man, Dumbledore, Gandalf, Mr. Miyagi, Ra's al Ghul. There's so many mentors to list, but I think I think at this point, I think everyone knows what a mentor is. And so let's dive into other ideas of mentors. I know Adam, you wanted to share something. Yeah. So this is an interesting one because we've done other pillars where it's just like um, like inspirations out of galaxy references was one. And most of those references were from popular culture, which I am, you know, indirectly versed in, right? Just through consumption of pop culture throughout my life, as opposed to, you know, both of you work in, in the film industry, 
grant you've studied film industry the film history right and so in those areas i felt you know very you know not outside of it but kind of just like coming in of like my own thoughts this one i'm like oh we're talking about a concept we're talking about a social concept here so i'm like ooh, i'm a sociologist <laughs> all Let right me do yeah. some research so i pulled up my i pulled up my library i did a good old uh, search of some scholarly journals and and i wanted to know if have there been research has there been research into what makes for good mentorship and i found a lot of articles that talked about like specific um types of mentoring like mentoring within doctors mentoring within um educational fields and those are interesting but they were very specific to specific careers and i thought mentoring and mentorship is something that is general right i would think you would think good mentorship works whether you're teaching someone to use the force or to cure someone using medicine, right? Like the mentorship, a mentor is a mentor. Sell a, mentor. a car. Exactly. Sell a car. So I found a really good article from a few years ago uh, called the key components of an effective mentoring relationship, a qualitative study. Uh, and it's by <laughs> Keller Lev and uh, Furrier. And it's from nurse education today, but it does not focus only on nursing. Oh, um, nice. I won't go really deep into the methods, but I do want to mention a couple things I think are really key, why it works for us quite well. Um, they used a large sample of geographically diverse um, people and a representative from ranges of various academic disciplines. So that's what I really like. They looked from a lot of different areas. Um, from 12 different universities, they looked at 117 mentor-protege dyads. See, dyads coming back around. <laughs> okay, again. there it is. And basically, they put them through a four-hour workshop, and they just observed and did some obs some scientific observational research. And what they, what they did is, let's see, are there any themes emerging thematic analysis basically so what they found is there are key eight key themes to effective mentoring um i'm just gonna read off the names i think we can kind of dive into what those mean a little more i don't want to like bog us down with definitions or do a real lit review but just to list them out i think are interesting and maybe we could look at how some of these concepts are present and not present in the mentor relationships we see in star wars um, so you want me to just go through the eight real quick? Would love Please to. do. Yeah, All right. Love to hear so the first one is open communication and accessibility. Uh, number two, goals and challenges, setting up goals and challenges. Number three, uh, being passionate and inspirational. Number four, uh, having a caring personal relationship. Number five, mutual respect and trust between both people. Number six, an exchange of knowledge occurs. Number seven, there's independence, but collaboration as well. And lastly, there's role modeling going on. Good role modeling going on. All right. So we're, let's just do the scattershot. When you said yeah. <laughs> seven, seven spoke to me for a second there, like uh, independence, but collaboration. Yeah. I instantly thought of the uh, Dooku Qui-Gon relationship. You know, like mm, interesting. Dooku yeah. had his own agenda and Qui-Gon had his own agenda and they were like aligned, but they were like still, you know, Dooku didn't want to let Qui-Gon. And this is all coming from uh, the audio book. Um, uh, Je Jedi lost. Jedi, Jedi lost. lost. Jedi yeah. lost. Yeah. Dooku and uh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and like, but, but it's also from uh, Master and Apprentice, which sort of, uh, the book Master and uh, Master Apprentice, which featured Qui Gon and Obi Wan, because like you get some of those, you get flashbacks from Qui Gon working with, with you know Dooku and Qui Gon like wanted to get into like some of the you know myth stuff and these you know really uh, or it was the uh, prophecies right and right. 
Dooku is looking at the prophecies and he's like, no, that's not my mission. You need another mission. And, um, but anyways, that, that's a glowing example of the, how like two, I mean, Dooku, very serious Jedi. It's too bad he went down the path he went down, but um, yeah. hugely influential in the, the course of, you know, history. And then um, you have Qui-Gon, who actually had this beautiful trajectory out of that that was cut short by Maul. Yeah, I think let's let's keep talking a bit about the independence and collaboration, because I think when we look at Obi-Wan and Anakin, this is part of what's missing there. There's a lot of independence to me, not a lot of collaboration. And I don't know if that is Obi-Wan's fault as much as the Clone Wars fault. There wasn't a lot of collaboration going on in the mentorship during Clone Wars, even between Anakin and uh, I almost called her Snips, but Ahsoka, right? Because a lot of times they're split up on separate missions, on separate missions because of necessity. Yeah. So I feel like that's part of right. that, like kind of lost generation of, of Jedi and Padawan during the Clone Wars. You really lose the collaboration side of it. Yeah, whenever they were together, you know, Obi-Wan, it felt like he was clamoring for educational moments, right? Yeah. Trying to be it's like, Anakin, you got to do this. Like, you can't yeah. be doing that. This is the way it goes. Do what I say. It's interesting how the behaviors also translate uh, over the generations or in the next uh, iteration yeah. of the mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. Like, like, you guys are talking about Anakin and Obi-Wan, and I have written down in front of me Anakin and Ahsoka because I also brought that relationship into the mix and thinking about that. And um, uh, I've just, it's just been interesting to kind of look at how the behavior translates over time and how, how Anakin kind of bent the rules a little bit. And you see Ahsoka do that just in the beginning of the, of the relationship. And then sort of she finds her own path later on that's very interesting. And I feel like so the, that independence seems like a, a, a thing that is very, you know, uh, is, not, is part of anakin's character traits more than anything else i feel like yeah. more than obi-wan i would say obi-wan as follows the rules i we're looking for the lack in communication it's it's really on, on anakin for that sort of stuff yeah it's interesting but i feel like that's a really good point grant i feel like when when anakin is away from obi-wan he's still not independent of obi-wan he is you know what i mean like you can almost feel like this overly stern strict yeah. nagging voice going through anakin's head which is not a feeling of independence not like yeah. Obi-Wan saying, go do this. I trust you. We're, just let me know how it goes and let be in touch if you need any help. Right. Like that to me is independent right. and collaboration. What might be fun is based on the criteria you shared, it might mm -hmm. be fun to and also setting up our good versus evil episode is it might be fun to go through mentors with a sort of alignment in mind, like good mentors, chaotic yeah. mentors, evil oh. mentors. Yeah. Do you guys want to start with the good mentors and just talk about the ones that are, uh, you know, have the most screen time? Yeah. Primarily. Yeah. yeah primarily I was, I was about to comment on that being like well what do you think obi-wan yeah. was success or not with anakin i mean you, you yeah let, let's really let, say he was no. let's first start with qui-gon let's kind of go through the films uh, chronologically let's start with qui-gon for good mentors like what did we notice of qui-gon's relationship with obi-wan uh, obviously we have the master and apprentice book by claudia gray which gave us great insight into how he feels as a yeah. mentor that book is yeah. If you want to know about mentorships in Star Wars, yes. that's a great place yeah. to start because yeah. it's all about that. And um, I think there was a sense, I think Qui-Gon had the sense that he was in, inadequate as a teacher and a mentor. And that kind of was, he was kind of uh, plagued by that thought. And and it, it, it's it talked about a lot in that book. And so, but to us, the viewer on the surface, I saw him as very a mindful, even though he's rebellious, he was very mindful and strategic and thoughtful Yes, Te teacher. And so to yeah. me, I thought he was sage. I thought he was wise and I would label him a good mentor. And I think the mentor that obviously Anakin needed, you know, and so yeah. I, I would label him good. 
Yeah. I agree with that. I think he's strong. I think he's really good. I only see one moment of weakness, and I got to be clear. I don't think, I, I, spoiler, I don't think there's a perfect mentor-mentee relationship in all of Star Wars, though I'm leaning towards one that might be a Dark Horse one, and I'll talk about that a little later. All right. But um, but at the end of the day, I, he kind of there's a moment in The Phantom Menace where he, in front of the Jedi Council, basically says, oh, yeah, uh, Obi-Wan's done. He's fine. He can have the trials. Let me take this new kid on. Right. Yeah. And that was like the most tactless thing he did. And I don't think he was wrong. I think he truly believed that Obi-Wan was ready to do it, but to do it in such a way that I felt was a real, like I, I cringe every time I see that. Like I have oh. moments of like, of a mentor relationship I had in college where I'm just like, Ooh, like, like that moment. I was like, Ooh, I just feel I, like yeah. that yeah. never occurred to me, Adam. That never yeah. occurred to me. And that, that makes so much sense, but it's such a, like a heart, like how many years have they been together yeah, and for yeah. him? Like mm-hmm. making, no, no, he's, offense, huh? he's like, no, but the important thing is that we raised this Padawan and I'm yeah. going to do it. And whatever, Obi-Wan's fine. He's great. Yeah. And I, but I really do feel that he he honestly thought that Obi Wan was a strong Jedi, and he learned all he could at that point. He just yeah. the way he communicated was not good. But that's totally one tactless. slip up, yeah. because we're all human, right? But I feel like I feel like Qui Gon does a, he checks a lot of these things off list. He's open with he and uh, with right. Obi Wan talks a lot with Obi Wan. He does give goals and challenges. There's passion and inspiration there. He's always giving them these like speeches, caring, definitely personal relationship, mutual respect, a hundred percent. I think there's so much mutual respect and trust between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan exchange of knowledge, independence, collaboration, good role modeling. I really think he's the closest. Um, well, maybe in the prequels we'll go through him, but I think he is. A, I think that is kind of the ideal model in a lot of ways we see in Star Wars, which makes sense, which is, makes sense for Lucas to start with the ideal mentor mentee relationship because that's such a huge part. Like let's illustrate to, to future generations. This is what we should try to achieve. This is what we're trying to do. And the, the setup to their relationship, which is expounded, you know, past after Lucas was that they were a mixed pair. Like you had a really rebellious Jedi. Yep. Uh, not, it could have been a master if he wanted to, but like couldn't follow the rules, had his very headstrong, knew what he knew about it, the force wanted to educate that way, wanted to lead that way. And he knew that the, you know, Jedi council wouldn't let him. Are you talking about Anakin right now? Cause I'm, no, I'm talking about Qui-Gon. Oh, right. You're okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm saying like, What's... he's he, like, he's, I mean, he was a very strong, but like headstrong, like, yeah, I mean, interesting. Anakin is similar and it makes sense that he would want to mentor Anakin because they were both like, no, I know what the force means. Let me interpret it and raise my, you know, my protege one way but the interesting thing was that they took that kind of person and then put obi-wan kenobi who was like you know white knight follows all the rules like very to the letter jedi that never wants to you know very aligned with the council and um and 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 that was their sort of dynamic and and that push and pull made them both stronger as people yeah um you know it's interesting that just knocks something loose in my head i feel like in all nine movies we only ever see a a, a, a pairing between a Jedi, and a, a Jedi and a Padawan that is um, chosen, not foisted upon twice. Yeah. Right? Because, because Anakin, in a lot of ways, is foisted upon Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan takes it on out of duty, right? It wouldn't have yeah. been done. Uh, Obi-Wan takes on Luke. Um, that's a little less, but that is cut, that is cut mm-hmm. so short. 
short. I I wouldn't hesitate to call that much of a mental relationship. They get like six hours together, and then he's toast. Right. But we can, we'll talk about that. But like Yoda doesn't want it, right? And right, then yeah. Luke doesn't want it with Ray. And I honestly feel like the next time we see a mentor-mentee relationship on the light side that is chosen, it's in the episode nine between Leia and Ray. I feel like the only time we ever see it in the series is in episode one and episode nine. I would argue against that one because Leia didn't even want to be a Jedi. No, she but I think she finally life. right. But I think she finally came around to it, and and under I think duress. The, under duress. But I think at the end of the day, her relationship with Ray became one of caring and wanting to be there and wanting to mentor. Well, they they I mean they all ended up pretty simpatico. Mm. That's yeah. really, kind of foisted a, on on Leia. Like yeah. the last thing she had in mind was being a, a Jedi mentor when she sort of. Push that off for some. Yeah, hours. that's fair. Um, yeah, right. That's a really interesting observation, and uh, it's it, it, just to conclude with Qui Gon. We know he did suffer a bit of trauma under tutelage, un, uh, to, in his tutelage under Count, Count Dooku, in that mm-hmm. I think he saw Dooku use lightning at one point. He saw Dooku fixated on this this holocron. I think yeah. he he tried to stay on the straight and narrow, where Dooku was kind of going down these darker paths. And so I think that left Qui Gon with a bit of trauma, and I don't think we really talk about that because it's mainly in the books. But um, I, I think that did affect him as a teacher after that. And I think that's why he's so good as a teacher because he's seen yeah. it gone, gone gone go wrong. You know, he learned what uh, not to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean. There's a lot of evidence to say that Qui-Gon was the best mentor in the whole Star Wars saga to date. Right. He learned from the failure of Dooku, essentially. I, you know. yeah. I will argue for, I mean, you know, failure, the best teacher is, right? I, yeah. I, I, you know, I do, I will argue that having been in negative mentor-mentee relationships, not abusive or negative in that way, but in terms of like, I don't think that person was very good at mentoring me right. into what I was trying to do. And my wife went through a similar situation. Um I think we actually, I found that somewhat beneficial. Like, I, I joke about it, but, like, learning what not to do is sometimes just as effective as learning what to do. Like, watching someone fail sounds right. horrible. It's sometimes very helpful to be like, oh, there's a minefield to avoid, you know. And it actually right. gave me more freedom and, to find my way in a way because I knew what at least not to do. But that opened up a wide thing of how to do as opposed to if I was given someone who was the perfect professor, I'd probably spend my life trying to emulate what he or she does and it wouldn't work well because it doesn't work for me, right? Right, right. right. And talking about minefields that someone was not able to avoid, let's talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi mm. and the downfall of Anakin and that mentor-mentee relationship. Uh, and talk about Obi-Wan just in general as a mentor. Good. Yeah. Uh, and not even alignment-wise, just like, obviously he's a good character, but like, was he a good teacher? Was he a good mentor? No. And I love not, Obi-Wan. Not for Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I so Obi Wan has been one of my favorite characters for yeah. a very long time. It wasn't until recently, within the last couple of years, that I've been questioning his tactics and and he'd been more shrewd about you know uh, his actions. And I feel like um, I feel like he was possibly the worst mentor possible for Anakin. And yes. he's almost this Shakespearean stylish, you know, uh, uh, gentlemanly figure who is is always trolling Anakin, who's basically always chastising him, always finding a smart rebuttal to anything he's he brings up. And we know Anakin has a hot, you know, a hot temper. We know Anakin is probably the last person you want to play mind games with. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's that's all their relationship is. And it's it's interesting because I think Qui-Gon and Anakin would have had a vastly different yeah. relationship. And I want to be clear, I don't think it's a failing necessarily of Obi-Wan as it's a failing of the dyad. Um, I'm going to use dyad in a, in the way we use it in social sciences, not in the star Wars way where we talk about pairings and groupings and 
when we talk about small group communications, dyads are very unstable because there's only one line of communication between two. Mm -hmm. So they can break down very easily and very quickly. They feed back on one another. I mean, think about personal relationships, right? Personal relationships are very hard when you're living with just one roommate or you're married with one other person. There's not another person there because that's the only line of communication. It becomes very mm -hmm. tricky to navigate those waters. Right. So I feel like in the in the Jedi Council, there's a lot put together of trying to pair people together that are very well suited to one another because they know this. And the and the connection between Anakin and Obi-Wan's very forced. So I don't think it's Obi-Wan's force necessarily as opposed to just a bad pairing. By the way, the strongest formation in group pairings is a triad. And I think there's a reason why we our podcast has three people and it works. A so triumvirate? Well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, triumvirate. This is definitely, yeah. it would be a lot tougher with two. Um, yeah, I, I would, I just want to say like, you know, oh, they, they tried the like inverse with um, that sort of traditionalist like, and, and with a with a rebel, but like now the traditionalist is a mentor and the rebel is the mentee. But what I think we've, we've mentioned on earlier episodes and it bears repeating is that, you know, Qui-Gon would have been a father to Anakin. Right. He would have been a father yeah. figure and, and really done that. And and Obi-Wan was really a brother. And, and and now thinking about that relationship, like there's that's they had a brother. It was. I mean, Obi-Wan knew like that, you know, from that one meeting, Adam, that you brought up that like he's the chosen one and yeah. he's he is the the mentee that his mentor would have chosen. Yeah. And and so there's a rivalry there and there is a rivalry in Attack of the Clones and yes. through the Clone Wars. And it's, you know, I he's just like, too. you know, he, he's doing his best. He's trying to like rein him in. But. I think there's a moment in Attack of the Clones that is oft overlooked, and I don't, and I hate saying that because I feel like it's me just being like, I'm so smart because, but maybe I misread it. But there's a moment that, to me, having watched this movie a million times at the at, at, when I worked at the video store, that kept popping out to me is like the key moment between Anakin and Obi Wan in terms of their relationship, and it's when they're in Padme's, they're watching over Padme sleeping. Oh. And, oh, yeah. And the snakes I know everything there. that's going on in that room. Master. Right. Like, so right. do I. <laughs> and then so do I. And then and then the first person to sense danger in there is Anakin, who says, I sense it. And then Obi-Wan doesn't say good or go. Do you know what Obi-Wan says? I sense I it, too. There, yeah. yeah. That's key to me. That is rivalry. There's a little bit of that's, competition. Right. Yeah. And that's not that is that's brothers. Those are brothers. Yeah. Right. Those right. Aren't, it's brotherly that's, love. It's brotherly yeah. love. And, yeah. and by by Revenge of the Sith they have established their roles a little bit. And, you yeah. know, Obi-Wan is like, I'm your mentor, but he, I mean, it's, that's why in our infinities episode, I was hoping it would be, it would be fun to see an infinity where like Yoda takes Anakin or, or, or Mace true. takes Anakin as his Padawan. Cause Dude, how I fun think would you, Mace needed, is you needed someone a, a tad bit older and more wise, especially handling the, the, the chosen one. Right. This is the chosen one, and you're giving him to a younger, uh, a nascent Jedi Knight. Yeah. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. It's a major flaw. No, and and I think we get to Obi Wan as a, a great mentor, but that 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 development, that maturity happens post Episode Three in my in my so mind. That's the whole thing. I wrote down. So I wrote down these like simple descriptor words that I, for their teaching styles, and but for before you know Revenge of the Sith, I wrote down he's stylish and direct. Mm -hmm. it's kind of like who he is and then after revenge of the sith i put down secretive and tactful like after that almost is there is there also something to be said to the fact that <laughs> um i don't know if i want to say this i feel like i feel like obi-wan is most alive in the prequels when he's not saddled by his kid 
Like, like I, I feel like he almost sometimes reads to me as someone who had a kid much too young and didn't want yeah. to have it. Like, yeah, like, that's... like episode two when he's like, he's got like the mullet and he's like, he's like film noir Obi Wan yeah. and like yeah. Anakin's nowhere around. He's like alive yeah. and then Anakin's there and he's just like, oh, dude, he was know, never meant to have a Padawan. He yeah. was just not yeah. built for that. He was way no. too young. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I had a kid at the appropriate age. I'm very happy to have a child. I, I had one quite a bit younger, but and I, but I don't find I don't find myself feeling campered. No, 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 yeah. because some people are meant to be parents yeah. at certain age, and I don't think Obi Wan was. Yeah, that's yeah, he, definitely I mean, right. He didn't have a lot of life experience. It's a lot of Jedi missions and diplomacy. That's not it's a another, lot. It's another failure by the um, the. Uh, council, you know, Jedi Council. They were perhaps at their weakest then, and that yeah, it's a totally bad idea. I'd rather have Kiati Mundi anyone. Yeah, you know? I makes, think he right, needs a master. I love this idea. Some of my favorite issues of What If comics and Marvel, where would they would be like a, they would they would tell mini stories in one issue where it'd be like, what if the Fantastic Four all had the same power? So there'd be like one four page story of like, what if they all were stretchy? What if they were all <laughs> rock monsters? That's they all end horribly, by the way. But my thought would be like, let's do an Infinity Comics, like a standalone, where it's like, what if Anakin was paired with? And it's so, so like, so you get like a like a five page issue of like, what if he was with? Do like, that's fascinating. That's that, do, like short story, like boom, boom, boom. Like, what would the, the lines I, I think, be like? I think Windu would bring the best out of him because Windu, Windu, like, he, he knew a vapid style, style, which is like straddled the dark side, yeah, and I feel yeah. like. He would sort of give. He would be a very strict disciplinarian, and like you would know who's in charge right away. But he would also encourage some of you know the darker sides of Anakin to be used for good. I think they, the two of them, would have been an incompromisable force. I so want more stories about Windu as as a how with a Padawan. We've gotten a few of them because I'm fascinated because he is the one to me that reads as like never praises is so strict and the person is constantly looking for praise right and so that right. makes me nervous about anakin because anakin seems very needy and yeah. he might need some praise but I, you're right i love this idea but that maybe he, he just needs his butt whooped you know what i mean whooped, yeah i think he would, he would provide the most challenging you know challenging trait. and focusing yeah. that negative or that dark energy into a specific channel is really interesting i mean my go-to is always going to be yoda i feel like unfortunately and that's that's how they wrote yoda is like yoda can padawan or yoda can mentor anyone <laughs> yeah let's jump to yoda right now just like yeah. as we're quickly going through the good mentors uh i mean everything i wrote Hold about on. yoda was before, before we go to yoda not to jump you off yeah. not jump but let's if we're doing it chronologically let's talk about did was ben kenobi or obi-wan a better mentor to luke even though it's very short like in other words did he learn his lessons between anakin and are you setting up an argument right now no, I'm really not. I'm oh, really okay. Not asking. Let's I'm asking a very pointed question. Oh, what, answer, what was the pointed question? What, was the... Uh, what did he learn his lesson? Did he become a better mentor for Luke than he was for Anakin after the between the? Oh, hundred again, failure the greatest teacher. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, of course. I think when any, when anybody sees something go catastrophically wrong, yes, they're gonna know the one. The, they're gonna know a certain path that they shouldn't take, and then that that's gonna. That's going to leave more opportunity for better growth for the next person. He definitely learns guilt as a teacher, which is helpful. You must do what you feel is right. Yeah, that's my favorite line. <laughs> that's a great line, but man, it's... that is a sack of potatoes on someone's back. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's how I was raised. It's just like, I don't know, do it. See how you can do. Me too. <laughs> it's like, wait, I failed again. Um, why it's... is this good? 
it's effective, right? Like that's how I was raised too. Of like, no, no, try it. And then, and then, but there was followed up with a conversation of like, so what happened? Like, let's talk it out. Like, what did you learn? Yeah. And I feel like he's learned that, but he's not fully, he's definitely not, he never forces Luke. I feel like, like he definitely tells Luke what he wants of Luke and provides him the time and space. Like he lets him like, to me, one of the moments is letting him hop in that land speeder and go back. There, yeah. and just leave him. Yeah. It's key, right? Because it's yeah. Luke's decision to come back. It's fascinating, too, because there's a real concern with mortality when it comes to Obi-Wan, like especially when he's flying and when he gets in these these really dicey situations where he nearly dies. He's, he, you feel like there's he worries about dying. And then when come a new hope, he's he's no longer attached to the, the living. Yeah, you know, there's no fear in him. He just, yeah, he's it's, just, a, yeah, it's a total ready. different demeanor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had 20 years to meditate on his failure. <laughs> and, and 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 like his maturation actually was never exposed better than that uh, rebels uh, episode where he phases off of the mall. Yeah, he finds like Ezra in the desert and like already knows he's like you're not my first priority, but I'll take care of you. And he's like you've already messed us all up, but that's fine. This is the will of the force. And then he like he stares down Maul and and in a very poetic way ends him based on like just like no like yeah he's so calm yep. he's so serene he's the will of the force he just like understands he's there's no yeah it, that's my favorite Obi Wan might be me too like he's a true story. Jedi master by that moment like in yeah. the, in the pure sense I had a weird moment of like sadness and beauty thinking about this for a second which may be overstating it but like so he had this he and we'll, maybe we'll get more of this in the Obi Wan series but he had this life of solitude just watching this boy grow up but not really being involved in his life and think about this he had this other boy the child's father that he was mm -hmm. involved with since age 10 right and yeah. feels failure he everything he did was wrong to the point of leading to this person to just fall to the dark side and commit murder meanwhile he then watches this son grow up yep. completely removed and watching him grow up to be this beautiful wonderful strong young man and that's a mind bleep, right? Because like yeah. his mind is like, I didn't, I didn't do anything, and and this person is almost perfect, right? Like I just need to step in now and guide him in the direction. He doesn't mentor him all that much. He shows yeah. him a lightsaber for five minutes, points him at a Death Star, and says, "Just shoot." Maybe it. that's <laughs> all. It blows is. it up. Yeah. Use the force, Luke. Like that yeah. was. I mean, that was the first thing when you mentioned like his mentorship. I was like, what mentorship? You yeah, know? there's right there. very little time they have together. And when they're doing it, it's a very deft hand that that Obi Wan uses. It just lets him sort of, right? You know, find, key, find just it. knowing what the person needs and providing it. And Luke didn't need a lot, right? He didn't need right. overbearing. He just needed some guidance in a specific. I direction. wouldn't be surprised if that's part part of his kind of inner monologue, inner dialogue in the Obi Wan series, where he's thinking yeah. about should I interfere. Or should I stay right. doing this? last time I interfered? I created a homicide. Right, right. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it makes a new hope make all that much more sense in that he's just giving him a nudge. He's just yeah. moving yeah. him in a direction that yeah. he thinks going to do, that's going to do wonders for him. And I think he knows Yoda. I think Obi-Wan knew that Anakin needed, needed Yoda by the time yeah. of a new hope. And that's why he sends Luke to go see Yoda. Yeah. I also find some very fascinating parallels with Obi-Wan, with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Luke in the sequel trilogy in that I find it fascinating that Obi-Wan remains trusting of the Skywalker bloodline in mm. a new hope, a new hope when a just a, even a greater calamity or greater catastrophe has happened than even what's happened in the, the galactic civil war and, the, because, and the, the sequel trilogy. And yet Luke is totally distrustful. Yeah. You know? Because it's, it's Obi-Wan, it's so interesting because Obi-Wan shoulders all of the blame. Right. Luke, yeah. 
Obi Wan, no, Luke shoulders. does too. Luke, Luke shoulders Luke, all the pain of the Jedi and all Luke the pain shoulders the Yoda, blood. Yoda the, shoulders a lot though, because Obi Wan did his job really. I mean, he didn't kill Anakin, which he should have, but he thought he did. You know, he yeah. thought he ended that. He won I'm his not, battle. I'm not saying Obi Wan is right, but Obi Wan is like the key. The key, The reason why he's so good at guilting Luke is because he's been guilting himself for 20 years. He is. Right. He yeah. speaks the language of guilt every day. <laughs> in yep. And Luke. <laughs> Luke, on the other hand, by I think by the time we get to him, is he's gone the other direction. So Obi-Wan's full nurture, nurture, nurture. I nurtured this kid wrong. I did him wrong. Luke was nurtured right. Luke is pure nature, that mighty Skywalker blood. I think Luke right. is bought into this. My bloodline mm-hmm. is tainted. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he also shoulders, I would say, the pain of the, the Jedi. And I think I would... I, let's... Let's just talk a little about Luke for a second. Here. Sure. I uh, I am utterly fascinated about what, what what Ryan did with Luke, and he actually he is kind of a doom and gloom, kind of distrustful, cynical character. By but the time we it, need but I would say it's I would say it's one hundred percent organic because Ryan gives us a line from Luke about you know Luke understanding the extent of Palpatine's plans and the prequels and how Sidious caused the de- one man caused the downfall of the Jedi yeah. and and you know. Uh, trounced everyone you know it's like and i think he i think he holds on to that and it's just part of this trauma and i think he shoulders that pain of the entire galaxy yes I mean, he right. wasn't able to break the shadow of the empire which i still find depressing and deflating and just and distressing that like uh, that our luke couldn't break the shadow of the empire right. it was just too <laughs> thick of ale that's, that's just reality man like the, yeah. the winners the people who win the war aren't the ones who are happy it's the kids right it's the next generation right. that that yeah. gets you enjoy the boon it's depressing and i look back to that and every time i watch last jedi i'm like oh like and i love it but i feel like um he, like, like that's what i'm saying i love the, gave us the luke we need not the luke we wanted like, yeah. yeah exactly i mean it, a lot of it had to do with timing it was 30 years after you know they just disney decided to play in the 30 year timeline they didn't want to de-age anyone they were just like no let's keep it natural and see what would happen this far out from that and this is a natural progression for him, but um, we we don't know what Luke did with the New Jedi Order with that that camp with Kylo. We just know that it ended in fire. Yeah, I think and we're going to get those. If not everyone dying, we don't know how many people died, but mo- probably all, maybe some. Yeah, um, I'm, we know I'm hoping. Well, I'm start- hoping they'll give us some. Luke is a good Jedi mentor stories at some point and something because yeah. I need those. Right. That'll yeah. make me feel better about watching Luke's descent in episode eight. If we at least get like 15 years of Luke is yeah. like the sage Jedi and then like the mighty Skywalker blood or Snoke or the homunculus that is Snoke ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, um, I do feel like cutting Snoke in half opens up some bandwidth to do some dark stuff in the second film. And Luke maybe could have been there could have been a tinge of oh, evil sure. in there. You could have done that, I think, and oh. gotten up with it. That's just me personally as a, a nope. weirdo. No, no, I get it. I, I would. <laughs> That's the Grant Coke corner. You're yeah, right. <laughs> and I, I, I like that. Cor- I like visiting that corner. I like, like you know, spending the some corners time here, guys. And then I, I walk Dude, away. I, and I, enjoy- I love you going down. Corner. You can leave it too. Yeah, yeah, I love. Um, Go down that rabbit hole, going through the abyss. So the eye I, of the needle with Grant. The Luke mentorship we see in episode eight, if you can even call it a mentorship, I am, I am, I am hard to do that, but we'll call it that. Between I, just, I would say he has almost the most like Mr. Miyagi esque kind of mentorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Mr. Miyagi didn't care if Daniel Son actually learned how to do karate, um, 
and, like was okay with him getting his butt kicked and then ran in and instead of letting instead of teaching him how to do the crane he just it, he's apathetic for sure in the face yeah. so um uh, so because here's the thing like okay there was no open communication between ray and luke really oh, completely shut down yeah. there was no there were no goals and challenges really there were until there's like i'm gonna teach you three things and then the three things are like don't do two it. things two things who forget the third don't be a jedi uh, yeah. Three uh, and I, by the way, I love this. I love the movie. So as much as I'm being like, I'm not, I'm knocking it. It's not. I'm just knocking it from a reality of the standpoint. Um, there is definitely passion, but very little inspiration. There's negative inspiration. Definitely not a caring personal relationship. Who are you? And like super. Yeah. Yeah. Mutual respect and trust. Yeah. No, not existing. No. I'm trying to not get that out, but Ben, you're absolutely right. No. Uh, exchange by the no. end of the film. By the end of the film, yes, yes. but uh, I don't think she hears it. But no, no, by the end of the ninth film, senses like it. in the no, eighth, no, 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 even in the last like, Jedi where he says, "I'm not the last Jedi," I would, I would call that he, he then has trust in her. He yeah, exactly. Yo, I would call you went straight to the dark side. What's wrong with you? The opposite. <laughs> yes, yeah, like there's uh, no empathy even going on yeah. there. He was just no like, exchange. "You're dark. Get yeah. out of here." Like, <laughs> I mean, there is some exchange of knowledge, but it's very specific onto what Luke wants her to learn. Not general knowledge is very it's much like the high. sad dark truth. So I, I would take that away. There's no independence or collaboration at all, and there's definitely not good role modeling, right? So like, oh. this is a failure, and and that's what the story that's what the story is supposed to tell us, right? That's what the, right. that's what Ryan was going for. It's almost like you read this list and said like, how do we do make Luke do the opposite <laughs> of all of terrible yeah. at all of these? Yeah, and he nailed it. Yeah, I don't know how much it was for the sake of inversion because he's he's yes. distrustful, whereas everyone else was trustful of these chosen ones that came along. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. I don't. Yeah, it's an interesting film, and I will forever love and adore the film. It's just, it's a sad place for it's a sl- sad state for Luke and a sad state for the galaxy. And yeah. I think like that has to be understood. I think I think people understand that. I just think that it works really. The whole film works. To, it works really yes. well. In the film, it's, you know, it's work. We're- it's like in galaxy versus out out of galaxy yeah. in examination out of galaxy filmmaking totally makes so much sense in galaxy he is a bad mentor yeah so so we've talked about a lot of these i'd love to take it back to a, a comment that adam made earlier because i think it's super prescient we really went through like the core of the you know of the origin you know the skywalker saga but you mentioned that like everyone like had uh padawans foisted on them you know yeah. like in almost every story except for one like you had pad they had padawans in terms of yeah, in terms of the films right and yeah only well but yeah. even like i mean a lot uh, of the ahsoka like... was foisted on uh anakin yeah. um uh, uh ezra ezra bridger yeah. was foisted on kane and jarris you know like there's a lot of them i even yeah. see like in i don't know some episode sorry no, I interrupted you, Adam. no, no, I didn't go for it. No, no, I, I, I would love to see and maybe Bad Batch could do it. This is piggybacking on like a theory that I had when we did the Bad Batch episode. Like, I want to see more examples of where a, uh, a mentor cho- chose the mentee. Yeah, uh, and got to actually keep that relationship. Yeah. yeah. Because the, you know they're out there. People could have survived Order 66 together. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know uh, Jaru Tapal chose Cal Kestis. Uh, one of my favorite mentors in all of Star Wars. His, his, yeah. his lines yeah. are incredible. He's fantastic. I mean, that's where you really get the good stuff, right? I mean, yeah. uh, we know Yoda chose Dooku, the, if we want to go way back. Yep. That's one of the few ones. But, I mean, that obviously went sideways somewhere along the line. 
But like, you know, more of those other, you know, Plo Koon was a chosen mentor to Ahsoka. He didn't have to do that, but he was like, he was a mentor to her in, in a lot of ways. And that gets shown off in um, Clone Wars. But I would love to see if Bad Batch or whatever show, we ran into more of these like refugee parallel master apprentice relationships in the galaxy and saw how those developed, you know? Yeah. Very cool. I would love it. I feel like we're just in this loop of like conflict breed story. Right. And so <laughs> we always need conflict between Padawan and mentor. And I think you can still yeah. have conflict, but still have yeah. positive mentorship. And my hope is that with the galaxies expanding, right. We're telling so many stories. Yes, I agree. Can we just please have a functional chosen mentor mentee relationship? Right. You can have so much more around them or, or yeah. a series on Disney plus. That's a running mentor mentee. Yeah. Relationship, much like Qui-Gon Obi-Wan, just right. a lot of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. A long running Jedi relationship. That, I mean, that would be actually, that would be a great kid series to have yeah. like a really good mentor, or just like a four quadrant family series. Honestly, like yeah. everyone could watch that show because sure. it's Jedi diplomacy and peacekeeping. It's, it's about keeping the peace. In well, all these places, you know, that are in just in great in point. I, I know that right now you can't see my background listeners, but I am jokingly standing at on the bridge of the Enterprise D as a little like, aren't we talking about Star Wars? But let's, Star talk, Trek about, Star, Star let's Wars. talk about Star Trek for a second, because I, I I love me Star Trek. I really do. Star yeah. Wars is always my number one. Star Trek's my backup if I'm like desperate, but I, I, there's a lot I like about Star Trek and what I like about old Star Trek up until about Deep Space Nine, even though I think Deep Space Nine is an amazing series is that it's all based on like the conflicts ex- for the most part is external to the ship, right? That like the, right, the working yeah. relationship on the ship is positive. And that's what Gene Roddenberry wanted is a utopia, right? That there could still be conflict. It usually comes from outside of the utopia, but, and I think there's room for that in Star Wars is like, you could still have tons of conflict and interesting things happening, but let's have like a funk. And I hope we get this in the high Republic a little bit. I think and we that's, will. I think the high right, Republic is yeah. going to feature like frontier diplomacy. Yeah. Heavily. And that the Jedi are functional. They're working well. They're a great organization. They're utopic or exploration and that the Nile come in and mess everything up. Right. Which is great. Right. But like, let's have some positive, like let's show what the gold standard is. Like, this is what after this, what every single other Jedi from, the new republic from the old from the republic to the new republic to all this is striving for right call us disney um yeah because <laughs> i mean i'm in for that uh right here let's run through some more mentors mentors because okay. we are we are running short uh mace windu we we pretty much covered uh we covered yoda so let's jump into Ma- or we didn't really cover yoda did we we didn't cover mace no mace we didn't have... cover mace or yoda we kind of skipped with yoda let's, co- in let's the cover shack. yoda quickly let's cover yeah, he's yoda perfect. moving on yeah, he's perfect. I, I wrote down life affirming, omniscient, cryptic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sage. Yeah, just everything. It kind of the stereotypes of a mentor, or the kind of the tropes of a mentor. I think Yoda represents yeah. a lot of that. His his only downfall is he says that only only Sith speak in absolutes, and then he speaks in a ton of absolutes. But that's fine. Whatever. We'll move on. <laughs> um. So let's go, Mace. Uh, I said like leader, mediate, mediator, uh, warrior, uh, courageous. Like just. I, yeah, we didn't really get to see him be a mentor. Yeah, yeah that's not really, not really. Yeah, I really, really yeah. want to, but yeah, that's that's uh, one's a hard gauge. Kanan for a second when he was like, "Anakin, stay here, don't yeah. go anywhere," like with no explanation, and that didn't work out well. What's interesting is Kanan Jarrus is probably the person we see the most time in terms of being a mentor, just because of screen time, which is really yeah, interesting. We get a lot of Kanan's teachings. I think. Yeah, a lot. And, Again, uh, yeah, I, I, I just I, I'm re- in love with Kanan Jarrus, like. But I mean, he's another classic like this trope uh, in Star Wars is that like the teacher 
doesn't think they're worthy to right. be a teacher. Right. And, and I, I thought he was also like, not I think a, he's really like a metaphor for being a dad or a parent. Yeah. Is that like, also, you, you just don't think you can do it as well as your, your parents did. And you just think, you know, you, you constantly think you're going to fail until, until he doesn't. And then he turns a corner and, you know, he, he becomes a very good mentor for Ezra. So Kanan's always a full Jedi in my mind. He earned that right. But in, in terms of legitimacy, right? Like, he was a Padawan, right? When when Order sixty six happened, that's right. Deepa Balaba right, yeah. was his. Um, yeah, was, was so the mentor I, for Caleb Doom. So I feel like he always has that going through him. This idea that he's never been, a, he's not a true Jedi. He's never a full Jedi. Yeah. Even though, like, that's that's the that's the really gut punch of that whole series is that man is a Jedi through and Ooh. through. Dude, so but, that's oh, the one he? thing that I, I picked up on on the rewatch is that Kanan Jarrus is a bad mofo. He is like he. He does some amazing things, and it just gets exponentially cooler as the series goes on. He's a fantastic Jedi. Yeah, um, and he's kind of pushed. He's pushed beyond the code where he has these relationships and attachments, and and proves that they can be good parts of your life, and they can be right. worth your sacrificing yourself for. And uh, it's totally outside the doctrine of the Jedi. And I think he represents that kind of through line to the the next iteration of Jedi teachings, which is. Hey, maybe we shouldn't be so strict. And hey, maybe we shouldn't have this hubris and think, you know, we're always upholding the light and we're righteous and no one can touch us because, right. you know, there's a lot they got wrong. And I think Kanan kind of represents the correction. In yeah. That. Yeah. The, the correction is that's, yeah. that's the interesting thread that I want to see followed. That's through. really interesting. That is, he's kind of like that interim step between what we yeah, see exactly. in the prequel trilogy and the, and the, and the sequel and, and, the, and, the, and the original trilogy. His yeah. Padawan's name is Ezra. Bridge. Bridger. <laughs> oh, you guys. You guys. Wow. I, all right. All right. Let's I push. Keep pushing. Let's keep pushing. All right. Uh, yo, so so one more layer deep. This was brought up to me by Grant um, when we were talking offline the other day. Uh, so there's also mentor-mentee relationships outside the force. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. rattle off a few. Uh, I can think of a Django Fett, Boba Fett. Is totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, great for resistance. Jaeger, I would say, is a mentor. Jaeger is a mentor. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. I will mean, say, Boba Fett and Jaeger Fett, not a bad mentor mentee relationship. I don't necessarily love what they're mentoring he's mentoring him in, but he's like, he's fairly good. He's letting his son blast fools on a, on the you cannon know? of a, of a yeah. thing. Like he's that's some that's some like collaboration and independence right there. Yeah. What about a... Beckett and Solo? Oh, I yeah. love that one. I really want to delve. I, now that uh, Solo's on Disney Plus, I keep meaning to sit down and rewatch it. And I'm like, because I, I love that. I love that mentor relationship because I love how it turns. I love how it ends with a betrayal and like the fact that. But the trail Han... is part of the lesson betrayal, almost. Betrayal yeah. It's part of the lesson. And Han knows it. And that shot at the end <laughs> is like one of my favorite moments that every time I He's see like, it, I want to. Good one. <laughs> I, I just like chills. I get same chills I get when oh, Ray pulls the lightsaber to herself. Like that, he's just like because it's still hot. He just shoots from the hip and yeah. he hates that he had to do it. There's yeah. no joy in doing it, but he knows he's learned the lesson. He's been mentored, right? Like, oh, it's so good. That yeah. that movie, guys. That movie, oh, so underrated. Sorry. I would say the armor and the men and and Jaren yeah. too, to a degree. Uh, yeah. Talking about non-force uh, mentorships, and we're gonna get more in season two of probably just between Dinjarin and the bait and, and the child. We oh, got a little I would bit say of that. that. That's yeah. Like a, yeah, yeah, that's a mentor. I mean, that's the mentor-mentee relationship they're setting up. Yes. Um, it's hard to contemplate that now, but if there's like an awakening for the child where he just like 
grows a little bit and like becomes more mature and suddenly it's <laughs> even though age is so is sometimes a statistic in this relate in deciding yeah. who's mentor. But like what I if like suddenly the child can speak, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah. And then let's talk about Leia for a minute. Leia is like the yeah. kick ass mentor in the sequel trilogy. She mentors Poe, she mentors Ray, she mentors Finn a little bit. Like she is yeah. the mentor for the and, next generation and, at and, yeah, and and with the limited footage JJ had, he was able to paint a bit of her teaching style in I, the Rise of Skywalker. And I would say she's hopeful. Like I yeah. really felt that hope resounding. Obviously, she's courageous. Obviously, she's. Did you, did you guys lose yeah. me? First? No, 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 you're good. You got oh, you. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, she's. I would. You know, hope. I really, I really felt the hope kind of resound in that film, where she was always trying to lift Ray's spirits, and and you know push her to the next challenge and. A great teacher. And I think she checks all the boxes you listed. That's earlier. the thing. That's yeah. crazy. She like, makes I, everyone better around her. When yep. I read this list, I really immediately pictured, and it's and it's because of like probably the, the, the Star Wars movie I've seen the most frequently, the most recently is episode nine because, you know, newest one. But I read this list and I kept thinking Leia and Ray and Leia and Poe. And like, it's amazing in episode nine that JJ only had leftover footage from episode seven. And I feel, still think there, there are illustrations of all eight of these points in Rise of Skywalker with her talk with Ray yeah. throughout. It's incredible. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, and the Leia Poe relationship is really yeah. vastly different and very, very interesting. And, and but, uh, I, but, that's, but I think that's Leia is such a great mentor because she yeah. knows what her mentor needs. That's what Poe needed, right? Poe needed right. the slap on the back of the head. The stop thinking with your with your uh, joystick, no, uh, with your with your whatever stick. But like that was like kind of perfect. And and get your head out of your cockpit. Cockpit, that's what it is. That's yeah, right. And and needs that kind of brusque whatever because he's a flyboy. And Ray needed a little more of this like I of faith. We have faith in you. We like we don't. You doubt yourself in a way that no one doubts you. Right. Yeah. She sort of she she sort of like clipped Poe's wings like you yeah. see in old military yeah. films. Um, yeah, it's going to be brought down a peg. Yeah, I mean, uh, one other quadrant we haven't touched at all that I feel bears witness to is the dark side. Yeah. That, oh, good point. Good point. Let's just I jump mean, into that. So Sidious is, uh, he is a mentor to Maul. Yep. So City, he's a mentor to Dooku. Yep. He's a mentor to... But he has, a, he has a two-faced teaching style, right? There's the Sidious mentor, and then there's the Palpatine mentor, and they're very different yeah. teaching yeah. styles. I would say Palpatine is a lot of positive reinforcement, yet kind of like snide and critical at like certain yeah. decisions to then like change the narrative. Like it, 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 He's interesting. He's almost like playing chess. Well, and, so oh, here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> We see so that later to, with Gallius Rex, too. Not, with, yeah, so, totally, Gallius Rex. Not to open up a can... I mean, it really is just light side versus dark side. Not to open up a whole can of worms, but then the question becomes, what is the purpose of mentoring someone? Right, Because if the purpose of mentoring someone is to in, enhance the next generation, that's what we see in the Jedi. If the purpose of in, in, in mentoring someone is to increase your power or make yourself more secure... Or and, and we see right. this, we see this in the business world too, right? We see this in the real world as well. Yeah, Mitch Trump. McConnell um, yeah, mentoring Trump. Yeah, like you get this right. It's not because you want the next generation to succeed. You just want your power to be sustained and 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 substantial, right? That protected. Yeah. Right. Right. 
And I feel like if you're at that level, it's not true mentorship because you're not, you don't care about open communication, accessibility, goals and challenges, passion, inspiration, and so on and so forth, because you don't care about those things because all you're doing, everything you're doing is just trying to increase your power. Right. The one interesting thing that George did was he did create dyad like mentor relationships on the dark side of yeah. the force. I in love that it. You have a dark Lord and you have an apprentice. And so, okay. I mean, I just, so in that, I say we just talk about those those mentor relationships, those kind of, uh, I, I guess, Lord and apprentice relationships, because they aren't. You're right, Adam. I agree with you. I don't think you label those as mentor because mentor, I would say, is a, there's a positive like connotation to that word. There's a selfish, selfish list. Yeah. Selfish listness. Selfish listness to it. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There is. And I don't think selflessness. That, yeah. 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 There's that. And I feel like, yeah. And and to that, I don't think that these count as mentorships per se, but. Nonetheless, talking about yeah, yeah, we're still there. We're here for a minute, so let's just talk about it. Um, yeah, and then Sidious, I would say he's just cruel, like cruel and calculating and uh, uh, sadistic. Like I, it's just, right. that's kind of his behaviors on his, both sides. His mentees were always just tools. Well, right? his first he did mentee, a great job mentoring Maul. He chose Maul, but like yeah. it was for a purpose. Purpose. He chose Dooku, but it was for a purpose. He chose. He literally made Snoke, or. Yeah. Fruited Snoke, there's, we have, I have ideas about that. <laughs> First but mentee good. bisected. Second mentee decapitated. Third mentee burnt in lava. Fourth mentee also bisected. Yeah. <laughs> what, what about Gallius Rax? Gallius Rax, we mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. What happened I, to I, him? I think he uh, was fell, lost into, in fell into a pit, fell into a he core, into a pit. unstable <laughs> core. Yeah. 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 There you go. Burnt yeah. alive. Yeah. Right. Not to mention himself getting thrown into a pit. Um, so and then, how about other fringy characters now that we've kind of covered when we talk about dark side mentor mentee, mentee relationships, we're really just talking about Palpatine and his many <laughs> victims. Yeah. But um <laughs> let's talk about more fringe characters. Saw Guerrera and in, in uh oh. is that oh. a mentorship that we that is. It That's was that. it was a terrible I mean, please yeah. read that <laughs> yeah. book. Is it's that Rebel Rising? Rising? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I it's a great that. book. Not a good mentorship. Okay, well, that's interesting because I need some insight on that. that really it's a it's a quick read. It's real good. Oh, dude, you gotta read it. It's so it's the darkest Star Wars book they've written. It it's really so dark. Fringy characters and interesting mentor. Uh, Jabba the Hutt and Han. Is there a mentorship there? Maybe not that we've we haven't seen it yet. But we really see, you. but show us that in Disney Plus, please. There are games that mentorship in terms of like mo there's monetary gains. I, I mean, he's helping on to an extent, yeah. but. Uh, but I think that's superficial, and so therefore I don't think it really counts as lasting. I think like, there's a. I think there could lessons. be, right? I think we just haven't <laughs> seen that story yet. Yeah. And Beckett's out of most of what he uses, uses, and yeah. you know, yeah. uses. Trying to think, any other fringe mentors out there? Uh, what about Watto and Anakin? Yeah, I was about to say Watto oh, and Anakin, but yeah. you know, yeah, I yeah, yeah. that is a mentorship. No. I think it's legit. I mean, it's hard. I it, we're we're waiting into territory that's real, real sticky, so right? Yeah. And Anakin, a slave and slave owner, but like, <laughs> but yeah. if we just kind of ignore that for a second, like yeah. my voice is going real high. Yeah. Uh, we can uh, we can yeah. say there's some there. I don't think he's good. I that's the thing. I think we can talk that's about it because we're not going to argue that he's a good mentor. Some positive reinforcement. There's some deep devotion going on. <laughs> I guess it's no. always based on the fact that he might get his. <laughs> Brain blown up. So I'm like, is that real? Like, it's the, the you can't use the word mentorship. Um, I think we covered a lot of them. I mean, I'm sure we're missing it. Uh, oh, I'm sure so many, many but uh, uh, uh <laughs> um, what's his name? The pirate, um, 
Hondo and Naka. Hondo and Naka and Ezra. Like everyone thinks there's like their Ezra's like mentors. Maul thinks he's a, a mentor yeah. in Ezra. Uh, Naka's like, I'm going to make you a pirate yet, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. really interesting, right? That's the difference because Luke spent his entire life so sheltered and not in the world that he didn't have people clamoring to mentor him, really. And then you have Ezra, who's out there, like, just hopping from star to star. So, of course, he's going to become... Uh, people are going to notice him and notice his force ability, right? So he is this weird resource that everyone's clamoring over and trying to mentor. And meanwhile, like, Kanan, Can- like, Jairus, uh, Kanan, Kanan doesn't really necessarily want to mentor, but feels that selfless need to do so. And the rest of them are just trying to basically exploit him. He's dude. Kanan Jarrus is so Obi-Wan Kenobi by the end of that. series. Yeah. Like he's yeah. just like, he's, he's the blind swordsman, first of all, which is amazing. Yeah. And then he's just like, he, he feels the force. He knows where everyone's supposed to go. He lets it all happen. And then, and, and it leads to his own death and he's fine with it. Like he just, you know, yep. goes on. Yeah. he's, Jarrus ends up being a fantastic character. That's the nice thing about long-form storytelling. We can watch his evolution in mentoring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And even even though he's a reluctant, you know, protector, mentor, and cynic, but I I do think Han secures a place as being a mentor, you know, in The Force Awakens. Oh, I I think, yeah, I think we 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 can't leave him out. Absolutely. I think Han is more of a mentor to to Rey than Luke is, 100%. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he's checks yeah. a lot of those boxes in comparison. And, and the weird thing is that like Han's a mentor to Kylo Ren, to to Ben Solo. Yeah. Because when when he becomes Ben Solo again, he's way more uh-huh. Han Solo than he is uh-huh. Leia Organa. Uh, that right. makes me want to. That's go a mentor that. coming through in a yeah. very big way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is interesting. It's the hero is right. It's the hero instinct. It's just like yeah. do what you have to do to do the right thing. Like. Yep. You don't want to, but you know what? You've gotten out of worse scrapes doing things like self-serving things. Just this one time, give yourself and, you know. And that was sort of the appeasing the father, supernatural aid kind of steps mm-hmm. of the hero's journey. Yeah, it was cool. Cool stuff. Actually, that, that's one of the mentorships I didn't even look at. And it's now it's my favorite one is Han Solo to Ben Solo. It's yeah, powerful. that's a good one. It's we need more exploration of that. Because it, yeah. it was yeah, I wanted more that and more i wanted more just ben and han and leia like yeah just so we'll, much we'll get it <laughs> not not in a movie but we'll get it. maybe or maybe we, disney plus show i hope we get it man because like yeah he does it's weird of all the things like i mean is that leia's failure because she wasn't the mentor that that ben solo needed of all the people she mentored she didn't mentor her own son yeah and Maybe. it led to some serious inaction, you know, like she was afraid of it and ran away from it and yeah. then left these other. Al- inept- also, also, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, she did turn down the Jedi path, but it makes me think, would she have wanted to teach Ben the Jedi, you know, the, the force, essentially? Like, because I think she would have if she had known how things were going to turn out, she would have been like, I'm not going to send him away to Luke. I, with what training right. I received, I, you know, what I understand of the force, I'll work with him somewhere and we'll figure it right. out together. Maybe. You know, yeah. I think, right. she, but no one yeah. has the benefit of foresight, right? Nope. Like no, even that no. I, they have only well, Luke does. And that didn't work out very well. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, but it was an interesting call, right? Of all yeah. the people she's mentored. So perfectly. He should have phoned <laughs> Leia at least. Because he would have been a different person. <laughs> just if, been like, hey, so I saw some things. Just yeah, right. No. Do you want to take him 
Do you want to yeah. take him for? I have weeks? this feeling. Maybe yeah. no big deal, but <laughs> I'm thinking I should kill your son. Yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I, that was my first instinct was kill him. So maybe he, he needs his mom. Can we talk about our dad vis-a-vis your son? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, what do you think, guys? Do you think we hit it all? We got it? I, think, I think we hit as much as we could. Right, I'm sure we're missing plenty. And listeners, <laughs> please like let us know what mentorship relationships we didn't talk about or if you have a differing perspective on some of them. Yeah, you know what? Send us your favorite mentor-mentee relationships. Yeah, Send us the, the, the couples you want to share with us. The dyads. The dyads. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, all right. Awesome. Great week. Um, good to talk to you guys uh, virtually and good to talk to y'all worldwide um, about Star Wars. There's still plenty of things coming out and um, a lot to talk about, a lot to digest. I, I love all this media that's still coming through from Disney and I really appreciate it and Lucasfilm. So um, anyways, thank you so much. Heartfelt thanks um, for listening to us and uh, we'll see you next week. May the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. <laughs>